Hello, Hosebo. Bonjour, and welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a Climadao podcast bringing you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective and get rewarded for doing so. Klima sits at the intersection of blockchain, climate science, and finance, so there's no shortage of great topics for us to explore. My name's Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Diamond Hands as we discuss the latest news on Klima and our partners and connect you with the biggest and brightest names currently exploring this space. That's right. And today we're really excited to bring you this conversation with Santos and Anthony from As You Are Recordings. Let's jump right into it. So Santos and Anthony from As You Are Recordings join us for this Planet the Climates conversation. They are the founder and event coordinator, respectively, for this innovative New York-based electronic music record label and artist collective. As You Are is also one of our latest Klima Infinity partners. We're going to take some time definitely to dive into what this project and partnership are all about. But maybe, you know, just to get us started, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your background, professional, entrepreneurial, whatever led you to joining As You Are? Gotta say, you have a very soothing, <laughs> very soothing introduction <laughs> voice, dude. Uh, <laughs> Good to hear. So let's compliment you first before I have to talk about myself. <laughs> but um, and also, thank you guys for, for having us on. And we love Klima's mission. So we want to, whatever we can do to blend the both worlds together is, uh, is great. But yeah, a little about me. I've been doing music. Shit. For such a long time and uh <laughs> i guess i started when i was in my teens and i'm in my late 20s now it all started with like classic rock music and then i eventually set out well no one's gonna play guitars anymore because now we have computers so let's get into making music and djing my sister is a dj that travels all over the world so i kind of had that in the house and was like very used to like listening to electronic music and started grinding in a scene i met santos along the way he was another local new york new jersey trance and house producer and dj and then we kind of just grinded like in our own little separate paths but the cool thing about the new york scene was like you can kind of do your own thing but we all made this click and stayed close together and now we felt both was the time to to bring all of our experience together and, and keep it pushing forward about how i got tied in with klima though so one of your guys uh jason so him and i met on xbox <laughs> Uh, about 15 years ago, man. We just kept in touch all this time. At the end of every day, just signing in on Xbox and keeping in touch and just playing all the new games together. So obviously now we're adults and we have to make adult decisions. And his was to go to go chase crypto full force. And he told me, he's like, hey, man, I'm getting into the Klima. You should get into it and like take, take a look at it. I got into it, man. And what you guys are doing is insane. You're making it so easy to help the environment with even not having to do anything different so it's really cool so my idea was to shoot this out and to like hey we're opening up a record label why not do it with you know making it climate positive and pushing that whole initiative in our events that's awesome we'll definitely dive into the collaboration like we want to spend some time and really you know get into the details on that one too but yeah santos maybe before we go into that how about your own little 
personal journey. Yeah, gladly. Uh, so I've been making music since I was like 19 or so. I'm now 31, so over a decade in the industry and started doing record label a and ring And one of the first record labels that I ran was a little independent label called Amped Artists. And that's how I met Anthony. He sent me one of his demos. We signed the track. And it's kind of unreal to think about because, you know, like he said, you all kind of go your own separate way. You do your own thing and you end up working together in some capacity down the line. I've done some touring. I've played some music festivals that are massive, like EDC and Tomorrowland and stuff, and running a independent record label for Future Sound of Egypt, which was doing really well. And then uh, coming back to As You Are, I wanted to start like a new thing where I had a little bit more control over the product again. So I was talking to Anthony and telling him like, hey, you know, I want to start this new record label and uh, just kind of bring in all my friends I used to work with and let's do our own thing again. And we were out at a show, I think it was like at Analog in, in Brooklyn, which is a, you know, awesome club. So we're, we're like chatting about it. And I was like, you know, I really want to experiment with like crypto and stuff like NFTs and all these things. And Anthony was like, dude, I know like one of my friends is doing this Dow thing and we should really talk about that. And once I realized that we were like really on the same page, I think that's when as you always started really come together as like an actual formal idea because I realized we all just wanted to explore this new space as artists. And there's so much interesting things happening in crypto where it's like, you know, aside from the crypto market, there's just so many interesting projects that are pushing technology forward in a new way. I mean, we're from the music industry and it's like th these legacy systems are just kind of like broken and there's not a lot of innovation. So when you see something like Klima happening, it, it's mind blowing and you realize like how much just potential good for the world that you can do so yeah that was when we you know started bringing together the record label and we kept in touch about the klima dow thing and now things are you know they're coming together we're collaborating and it's just really exciting man you guys trying to be kind of like unique compared to other record labels or collectives itself like what's innovative about your approach maybe you can dive a bit deeper on that so like for me i think catering as you are is a platform for the artist. So we're skewing royalty rates towards the artist. I'm giving them the ability to produce merchandise through the record label that they get most of the profits from. The old models are kind of broken. And we, I realized over like the pandemic that the only way to make money is to sell merchandise and play shows. And then shows went out the window. So like artists just started doing stuff like Twitch and everything. And so all these vehicles became like busted in a way where the legacy systems don't really work for the artists anymore. And that's where like things like crypto and NFTs became like such an important role in how an artist develops. I mean, you could run a Patreon, for instance, or whatever, but doing an NFT and having that unlock content, for instance, is just, I think, so much more promising. Like, I went to a Cascade show in New York where the ticket was an NFT, and then if you held certain NFTs, it was like you got certain perks, and it was mind-blowing. That was like what would usually be one-to-one -one artist to fan Patreon kind of thing that you don't get like a tr collective thing. It's just so much cooler to do that, and it introduces to this broken system, a secondary market, which has been gone since vinyl. Records used to have like resale value, and now it's like you download an MP3 and they don't, and NFTs are reintroducing that to the music space. So there's all these different things that I think old record labels are going to struggle to adapt to that we can do as an independent project because we could bring that on board and we own all the rights to our own things. So we don't have to 
go through any red tape to get that sort of thing done. And so that's why As You Are is kind of about is we're exploring these new spaces with a little bit of independence and, you know, just ownership over our product. So it sounds to me like As You Are, it's meant to be like a kind of like a launch pad for like new artists or like people who want to break into the scene, you know, to give them the opportunity, a platform for them to, you know, sell their merch and really bring out their music without any restrictions by the owners of the record company. Exactly. Sony won't let you do like an NFT, you know, but we will. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It is kind of like a launch pad for artists. Yeah, to kind of explain the music industry of how it works, if you guys weren't familiar with it, you know, from the start, it really is just a grimy business. Like Santos said, it really favors to the owners of the labels. Yeah, you can sign a record with them, but to get there, it's you have to pass through levels of clickiness and like this high tier of not being on these people's levels. Like it's, it's just the way that they treat these new guys. They make it very hard to get to where you want to be. Yeah, it's super predatory. Like when you do right. finally get there, you realize, wow, the, they're taking, you know, 70% of royalties and my manager is taking another 25% off the top of that. So by the time it gets down to you, you realize that you really shot yourself in the foot financially and you end up learning really fast that the industry is not there to help you. Yeah, we don't want to do that here. We want to just create like a family atmosphere for our artists. Exactly. I'm actually quite exposed to the entertainment business in terms of like, you know, like uh, celebrities, like TV shows and stuff. And I, I, it sounds a lot like that, whereby you're always being forced to do certain gigs that you don't want to do. You are always forced to, I want to say forced, you're always highly encouraged to do certain events. And, uh, you know, and you get really paid peanuts just because you want, uh, a lot of times it's because of uh, exposure, the word exposure, right? And and that becomes your bread and butter, right? And you're just waiting for that one moment in time to, you know, go viral or get like popular or like, you know, that one hit that really brings you to places. And uh, end of the day, it's all about marketability. I think that's the part where it's really, really tough. I'm just going to dive a little bit deeper because I'm very interested in this industry because like, you know, since young, you know, when you're, you're young, you're, you're, you know, you're partying, you always say, yeah, you know what? One of the things I want to do in life is being a DJ. What's the difference between a DJ, a musician and a producer, like in the industry itself? Ooh, this is a really good question. I like to give this angle on, on how the times have changed. So... Like I mentioned, my sister's a DJ and she started back in the 90s. And as a DJ then, most of the time when you were in the in the 90s or in the 80s, if you're a DJ, that's all you did was DJ. You needed serious money to build a studio, to afford studio time, get all that equipment in there. There was no laptops with all of our synthesizers that we use to make our music is all apps basically on a computer. Back then... They didn't have the luxury of having high-powered computers that could support soft synths and stuff like that. So you were literally either just a DJ or you were a producer. And you're producing either like good music and a lot of those guys didn't want to go DJ. So now we're in the times where there's not one single DJ out there that doesn't produce or, or hasn't tried producing, you know, because it's so accessible. So the big difference between that, that I think a DJ is someone that controls the tempo at a club and you rely on him to play your records. A producer is the guy that sits there and grinds that all out. And a musician is somebody who's talented enough to either put that all together or understand the mechanics of music theory to put all that stuff together. But 
the craziest thing, dude, is that right now you could be the best musician, the best producer, and the best DJ in the world. But if you cannot market yourself, dude, it sucks because those guys won't get the light of day. You have to seriously put time into like into marketability nowadays. That's the thing is the age of the just the DJ is is non-existent now, right? If you want to be a DJ, you also have to produce or hire a ghost producer and you have to run a record label and you have to be a social media management guru and run an email list and a podcast and a blog. And it's like the age of just being one thing is so far behind us. And I think in my head, like the definition is like the DJ plays the music the producer makes the music and the musician performs the music, right? And those are kind of like three different categories that there's a lot of overlap between them in artists these days. But like, you know, it, like Anthony said, it's rare for one guy to just do one thing. The age of just doing one thing is so far behind us. You have to find a way to branch and reach new people, no matter what new clientele. And so you got to do it all and just see what you're good at, play to your strengths and, you know, just keep growing as an artist, whatever that means in your different niche. And I think that's where SUR comes in to help them grow and learn how to be a better musician or a better producer or a better DJ. Yeah. And really how to stand on your own two feet, because like, I know we're like doing a record label, but I really want people to use it as something that benefits them in a way that they can build their own thing out of it, whatever that means. So it's like, you know, if they end up starting their own record label, like it's cohesive with us. It plays to everybody's benefit for them to do this independent thing and do our thing. So that's really what I want out of it is to build everybody up with us. That's excellent. Yeah, great to hear that, you know, the story and the, how things have evolved and some of the pain points that you're solving there too. So just kind of, you know, going back to your origin story for As You Are and how it was tied to Klima and those conversations in the club there too. So your launch kind of was in parallel with this discovery of crypto blockchain. You talked about that cascade ticket that has these cool functions and stuff. Do you have any, you know, stories about, you know, how you have so far or how you're hoping to leverage, you know, blockchain technology with uh, As You Are? Definitely. I think some of the things that I really want to do with As You Are are just not there yet. Crypto is the perfect opportunity to see like a, a music distribution platform, right? That just has like streaming money, like real-time payments and that sort of thing. But uh, we're not quite there yet, right? So the things that we're doing are very like kind of basic. Like with Klima, we're offsetting our live events, for instance. And I think, you know, I really want to let Anthony speak about that because I think that's like so cool and so promising that like we can even do that. Definitely offsetting the live events with Klima. And like, I think eventually I'd like to be fully blockchain oriented where it's like, I think that's kind of the end game for the future record label is like everything will be on the blockchain where you'll have like real time royalty splits directly from Spotify or Apple Music straight into your wallet we were talking about it before you're cutting out so much middleman so much bloat in the system that is just predatory where it's like you don't need the record label to do all your accounting and take 70 or 80 percent of your profits you need a blockchain <laughs> that's and so you know that's end game is where i'd like to be just offsetting our events to, to me is is a fantastic angle that we can also use as, as a marketing approach you know to get people to want to you know attend events if they know that they're at an event and they're saving the planet without having to do anything different they're just kind of drinking and having fun it's like it's a win-win 
like to include a little bit more on like uh, getting people involved a little bit more with Klima. So I think that's what uh, Jason and the guys are building right now. I seen a deck come out, so it's looking good. I, we're we're trying to figure out a way that we could have the uh, patrons, you know use their ticket as an nft or something like that but right now we're running into a wall where we're um we're seeing that you know how many people in that crowd is going to have a web3 wallet how do we get them to get one real fast and we're trying to find that easy solution where we can have you know as soon as everybody gets a web3 wallet like you know it's like the age of the credit card and cash right everybody had cash on them then credit cards came out now everybody has a credit card and now Venmo came out. Nobody was using Venmo. Now everybody has Venmo. So it's going to get to a point where Web3 is like everybody's going to have a MetaMask or everybody's going to have something in their pocket that's, you know, able to just accept different forms of currency. And I feel like once we break through and hit that stage, kind of like what Santos is saying, once we get to that level, then this is just going to change forever, you know, it's, and it's going to be changing for the better. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's great to hear that, you know, that alignment there too, where I think we're, uh, you know, both tackling that democratization and cutting out the middleman and making things as efficient and uh, scaling up that action as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, you talked about your offsetting with Klima, so why don't we dive into that just a little bit more too. So what are the events that you are hosting and how are you going about like, you know, calculating the footprint per event or is it per attendee or What's what's going into that? We used the the calculator that you guys had shown us, and it was per attendee, but we had calculated it based on the capacity of the venue and based on the average uh, energy consumption of a night out at the club, essentially, which is a six-hour event times the capacity. For our first event, we had the luxury of having all of our DJs. They were local DJs. They were all in New York, so we didn't really have to calculate for airplane travel, and we figured that most of our crowd, since it was a Brooklyn event, was going to be a Brooklyn-based or New York-based crowd. So we just add a little bit on top for that. And I felt like that that it was more of an estimating thing for that. But we do have a few more events on the way. I have one that we're planning. Yeah, I guess we're doing spoilers now for <laughs> announcements on the Klima podcast. I like it. <laughs> it's pretty sick. So a friend of mine who's uh, who's working with us, he's worked with me for the last five, six years, goes by the name of Stuart. He's a really good dude. And he's been looking to bring the scene to Guatemala where there really isn't a crazy scene out there because it's one of those areas in the world where you need to have money to do anything you want to do, you know? And it's like the locals down there, it's, it's very difficult to try to attend events. So we're looking to try to like open up a South American, mid-Central American scene for as you are to make an affordable party and stuff like that, like and give it that same, you know, uh, quality production that you're not just going to go to somebody's backyard with a couple of speakers. You know, you go into like a legitimate, beautiful location to listen to some great music from some of the either local talent and some international talent that we'd like to fly in. And what we're figuring out right now is like, okay, we're doing smaller events, but how do we scale and how do we apply this to different economies? Because like we do want to make the brand more global. And so we are starting this like Latin American collaboration. And then we want to apply that to everywhere we go. So it's like, you know, as you are in the UK and as you are in Latin America and as you are in New York and we're learning, how do we offset our events? How do we have this globally minded mission of doing this and how do we scale 
as an artist or a record label owner, you don't really think about these things. Like how much of a footprint am I leaving and how did the people get here? What was my flight time? Like how much mileage and gas was spent to get here? And now we are thinking about it. And it's just kind of amazing that we can even do that. Like, especially with you guys, this is not something that artists and record labels even really thought about unless you're on a, like a massive festival scale. And if we could bring this and replicate it with other record labels, I think that's amazing because the more we can do, the better, you know? I'm actually already working on that too. <laughs> it's uh, working on that with the guys that clean up with Jason. I was actually uh, looking to get you guys into some more uh, connections with some of those EDM magazines, those online magazines to get Klima out there as an, a serious player in changing the music industry. And yeah, so tactfully mentioning as you are during the way. Don't, don't worry <laughs> very, very, very tactfully. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's great to hear that, you know, the that climate aspect is at the heart of what you're doing there, especially you have it forefront of mind as you're growing there. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a necessity to, to like work it in now as we're coming up because then not only will it be cool to say that we did this from like our genesis, but to look back 10 years from now and say, holy shit, we fucking saved the planet seven times. Like, Where's my medal, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to think like you have to go volunteer or you have to like directly donate money or whatever. And then, so my theory on that changed. So I think that's like super important to be able to do these things and do them repeatedly over time because that's where all the gains are, right? So that's the goal. This sounds really amazing. And you mentioned about positive impact. You guys uh, actually talked about giving what you can pledge. And it seems like, you know, giving back, creating a positive impact. It's really something part of your labels and part of you guys' DNA. Maybe you can share a little bit more about that part. Yeah, definitely. Giving what we can pledge is essentially donating a portion of your income every year. It's up to the person, really, but five or 10% is like a standard. And what they found is that, you know, five to 10% doesn't sound like a lot, right? But if you're a relatively high earner, dollar per dollar over a year, 30 years later, that does so much more good than you just making one donation a year and just like forgetting about it. Or like, say you have a really good year and you donate like $30,000 and then you don't donate anywhere for the next 20, right? It's like, so this is really built into what we're doing with As You Are because, you know, I want everything that we do to play into that. So Klima is a part of that. And so is, you know, the giving what we can pledge where it's like, once we're able to run this record label for 10 years, I want to consistently contribute to causes like that. Cause I think, you know, that's the most good that you can do. And I also realized that like, you know, artists really do want to give back, but I, they don't know how to tie it into their events or whatever. So it's like we're bringing together like a little framework that we can use and export, pass it around to people, you know? Yeah. You know, it's so difficult. Like you said, I've always thought I've had to put up like exponential amounts of money to try to give back to the environment. But whereas you guys are making it so easy. And now I, there is a call to arms for it. Like I work with Monster Cat, signed some records to that label and they're a huge global conglomerate. They're in every, they're in video games, they're in movies, they're, they're all over the place. And uh, just recently we started chatting with them and some of their DJs are, they're getting pressured by some fans who are asking them, Hey, like you're traveling from this country to this country and all over the world to do shows on your tours and stuff like that. And 
fans will ask like hey what are you guys doing i like towards monster cat and towards the artists like what are you guys doing to like benefit the environment you know ensure that like all of your travel and stuff like that isn't negatively infecting the environment like some of these guys and their agents really don't have any answer they just don't know what to do like so i think the the you know the more exposure clima gets i think it'll just benefit artists and understanding like oh well there's my solution right there i'll just offset my travels on my way out and i'll uh you know, verify that on the blockchain and share that with all my fans. Well, that's brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Santos and Anthony there. I think we've kind of uh, covered so many of the questions they were hoping to, and you did drop some kind of, you know, we gave our listeners the scoop there ahead of time with the Guatemala and as you are, you know, Europe or South America, is there anything else that's, you know, around the corner on the radar for you that you've got coming up? Oh, we, we have a lot of really good music coming out from like uh, Vintage Morelli and Echo and Clyde the Sky, Blue Gazer, guys on like Monster Cat and June Beats. And, you know, we're so just keep an eye out for those releases. We have those events coming up in August. So if you're in the New York area, definitely come through, check them out. And we're launching a couple different things like a talk podcast and, you know, just launching new merchandise for artists and doing everything that we can. So check us out ayarecordings.com oh super 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 early in the stages but uh january 6th we're looking to do something out in mexico and i'm not, I'm not gonna say much more but it's gonna be really this will be one of the big ones yeah more spoilers <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, great, great music to come out soon. Like everything that I'm hearing from these guys is just quality stuff. And I think that's that's another thing about our label is that we just want to keep pushing out quality while, while giving that chance to those guys that, that do produce that quality. But for some reason is not good enough for the rest of the music industry. It, it just sucks, dude. But definitely keep an eye out for whatever we're doing. It's it's going to be fun. And we're, we're so proud to have a uh, Klima in tow. We're like doing everything that we're doing at the same time. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having us on this show. And thank you guys for everything that you've done with Klima. It's really amazing to just even be here in this room and even be like working on these things with you guys and being able to offset our events. And um, I'm really looking forward to everything that we do together. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so great to have you on board with Klima here too, with Klima Infinity. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation here today. So uh, I'm going to self-promote. Why not? Because it was the first release on <laughs> the record it, label. <laughs> I'll do my track Learning to Love, which is uh, it's dedicated to my mom who passed away over COVID. So we launched the record label with it. And so uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, this is my track Learning to Love. Enjoy.
Wow, what a great conversation and so cool to hear that track from Santos, aka Monoverse, learning to love and especially cool to hear that story behind it as well to dedicate to his mother. It was really great to chat with both Santos and Anthony and learn more about, you know, not just their musical backgrounds, but also the history and motivations for As You Are and how they're shaking up the music industry and their motivations for joining Cleveland Infinity but specifically how Klima is woven into their very origin story in that Genesis conversation at that noisy New York club. So leveraging blockchain and offsetting their label's carbon footprint was baked into their blueprint from day one. What really stuck with you from the conversation? For me, creating a positive impact or giving back as part of their DNA was something that was really amazing, you know. We can definitely see that as you are really trying to make an impact in the world with what they do. As you can hear, they are really, really passionate people and I just can't wait to see what places they're going to go. So that's it for today's episode. For everything Klima, be sure you're hitting up klimadao.finance where you can stake bond and perhaps most importantly, find a link to the Klima Discord community because as a decentralized autonomous organization, Klima is community driven just like this very podcast. So join us and you're going to find a great group of climates and plenty of opportunities to be an active climate too. So we hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Santos and Anthony, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to look forward to saying hello once again on the very next Planet of the Climates.